Welcome to the TikTok podcast sponsored by Tourette Ottawa. Listen in as your hosts Jimmy and Brandon discuss everything Tourette syndrome. You can show your support for the show by sharing it and most importantly, spreading awareness about Tourette syndrome. Before I jump into introducing today's guest, I want to remind you that the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. And the best way to do that and simultaneously support this podcast is to share it. Spread the word, generate awareness. You can send us an email at tiktokquestions at gmail.com. That's T-I-C-T-A-L-K questions at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us to discuss on the show. And remember, the TikTok podcast is available on YouTube in video format. So tune in at TikTok podcast on YouTube. Yeah. Except I'm on the clock, you're not. Always on the clock, man. Sending emails till 1 a.m. That's not good. <laughs> no. I could swear there's something in the in the scientific literature about not sending emails at 1 a.m. or exposing yourself to light at 1 a.m. with Tourette's. Yeah. Like, like Dude, I have been uh, diving super deep into um the scientific stuff behind ADHD, Tourette's, anxiety, OCD, uh, the um, not neurotransmitters, but what are they called? The the neurons that influence the conversation in the brain. Hmm, I can't remember. But anyway, the, the neurons that influence the conversation in the brain. Yes, the conversations between the neurotransmitters in the brain. So the neurotransmitters. So this is gonna be some very, very rudimentary uh, neuroscience here, but the neurotransmitters in the brain. So you're talking, are you talking about synapses? No. Okay. No, I do, I sort of know what that is. What's the synapse? It's the, it's like the electrical, uh, it's the neuronal junction, the site of transmission of electric nerve impulses between two nerve cells. Okay, so that's the communication itself. I'm talking about the actual transmitters. So there's neuromodulators, that's what they call neuromodulators, like, um, and then neuro, neurotransmitters. Uh, anyway, dopamine, I believe, yeah. is a neuromodulator. And I listened to a, a podcast recently and did a bunch of further research on dopamine. And then thinking about it logically, I was thinking about its effects on Tourette's. And, um, the pursuit of dopamine is interesting because I bet you with Tourette's syndrome, I bet you when we tick, there's an increase or an increase in, in dopamine when you hold in a tick for a long time. Do you know how it literally feels good to tick after you have a yeah. tick for a while? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. bet you there's an increase in dopamine and Fair enough. it'd be very hard to, because when you, when you get an increase in dopamine, what comes after is a drop. And it also makes you want to do it more. Right. So I wonder, I, I mean, I figure uh, Tourette's syndrome is probably greatly affected by that cycle. And so if you do this big tick outburst, it, you, it big, probably makes you want to do it more based off that logic. I should send you the podcast. You that makes sense. For, for people listening, it's uh, the Huberman Lab podcast. I've talked about it before. What's it called? Uh, the Huberman Lab podcast. Okay. It's by Andrew, Dr. Andrew Huberman. Okay. Um, it's very, very interesting. He's a 
a neuroscientist, I believe, um, okay. or an ophthalmologist, and does a bunch of research. And it's so, so interesting. And a lot of it gets filtered in my brain through the lens of Tourette's. And uh, anyway, I would highly recommend it. I was not thinking about uh, synapse. I was thinking about a, an act, um, the action potential, mm. which is like when the actual neuron like activates and, and right. that's what i was thinking of once and, and i remember from uh from the one biology neural class that i took in university yeah when a certain amount of like uh i don't know electrical charge sodium or whatever like when it hits a certain oh, yeah. point then it then it yeah. fires off that's what i was thinking yeah. of and the synapse is actually yeah it's in that's in between yeah the neurons, the neurons. Where the chemicals float around, right? And like, get look at us! Look at us! Look at us! Couple, uh, couple scientists. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I don't, I don't have a university degree. I've never taken a neural, but I have done a lot of like extracurricular research on the stuff, and it's pretty damn interesting once you look into it. Once you like get I, yeah, over the yeah. fact that there's going to be a shit ton of complicated language for you to absorb, mm-hmm. I find it really interesting. Anywho, uh, TikTok podcast number twenty, which we have already started. Um, this is a big milestone. I think most people only make it to what would you say six? I think it was six. Yeah. An average six. Episodes, yeah. We so. just blew that out of the water. Yeah. We're, we're doing, and, and it's like, it seems like an easy thing to do, you know, like an hour a week seems like no problem, but when, you know, people, people get busy, there's a lot of stuff going on. Even when we have the interviews, you know, scheduling that and getting, we just, we need to schedule some more interviews. Yeah, we do, but but it, yeah, I mean, it can be it can be pretty tough. Uh, so, I I work full time, and then I have I volunteer as a big brother. So I have two uh, positions with the Big Brother Big Sister organization, where that's like five hours a week. And then Tourette, Ottawa, and then and then the podcast, um, and then just a life outside of that. It adds up. It doesn't sound like that much, but it friggin' adds up pretty quick there's when only, you get to only like so many hours in a day, man. Yeah. If I added a kid in there like you, I don't know if I'd be able Two. to do it. <laughs> Two kids. Yeah. Right. A seven-year-old and, and a yeah. seven-year-old and a one-year-old. Yeah. But like I said, that you know, stuff was really, really busy. Uh, the late summer for me. Um, with and, and early summer with like my LSAT tests and law school applications and uh, moving and everything like that. But now it's finally uh, starting. I'm starting to get better. The only thing is now we've got uh, we're we're planning our wedding now. Okay. So that's in November, and what, it's so in November of this year. Yeah. So that's Holy taking up like a whole bunch more time too. Yeah. So, when that's all over, when be that's all over, then it's officially sailing. officially sailing. Yeah, yeah and then it's Christmas. He's doing most of that, though. I don't. I don't really have to worry about that. Nice. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be planning for next fall. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Fall's a good time, I think, for it. Like, like this time, September 29th, That's yeah. that's what they to say. This time, it'd be nice. ideal. We got engaged. Uh, two years ago almost to the day same, same but, with us. but um then covid came and we weren't going to do anything about it 
obviously. And now even we're worried that this November there might even be issues. So we got engaged November 1st of 2019. Wow. Yeah. We were like November 28th. So like pretty cool. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Same year. Yeah. All right. So I actually wanted to start with a little uh, personal anecdote. Um, hey, have you ever meditated? Yeah. Do you still do? Um, once in a while, I'll, I'll listen to uh, like Headspace or something. Yeah. Yeah. I have Headspace as well. Um, not not as much as I should. I don't listen. I don't do it as much as I should. So I wanted to share recently, I've, I've dove into it again. Uh, pretty, so I do 20 minutes a day, uh, every day lately. And I listen to a, a, uh, basically at the same clip every time, uh, it's called the yoga Nidra. It's basically just, you're focusing on different sensations in your body and, and being aware of things and focusing on your breath, man, I, I've, I've done this before and it was amazing at the time, but it didn't affect me quite the way it has now. I am ticking way, so I already tick very little, but I'm ticking so much less. Mm-hmm. I am finding my focus to be very, very good. I have consciously been, ever since we listened to, um, or ever since we had, oh, geez, can't believe his, his name is slipping my mind on the podcast, Dr. Dr. Brazo. Dr. Brazo on. Um, Ever since we had him on, I've been consciously suppressing ticks every now and again to try and, you know, weed some of my ticks out. Yeah. The final ones that I have left. I have found that I have not had to do that very much, but when I do, I can suppress them for a very long period of time, like without much effort at all. Um, it takes some conscious breathing and stuff like that, but I have you know, just as a personal anecdote, I'll, I'll give updates every now and again throughout as long as I continue. But this meditation thing has been absolutely fantastic. Um, so I, I, I would just... I would, any, uh, actual science too, to back it up. Because I believe you. I mean, I know that like personally and from people I talk to that it helps with a lot of different things. Anxiety and uh, and as we've talked about reducing that is like enhancing focus yeah like it all it all helps with ticks i think i mean it it, yeah there probably hasn't been a study on meditation and tourette's but i bet you if there was one done like there's a bunch of studies on meditation and focus meditation and attention meditation and sleep anxiety i mean if it affects all all those things it's going to affect tourette's uh, i was on tiktok the other night and the podcast <laughs> the app yeah you know the mm-hmm. app and uh, um there was a i came across this one video and it was a uh news anchor she was like i don't know she looked like she was maybe in her 30s and but she had uh, Tourette's and she was yeah. talking about being a news anchor with Tourette's and she was answering a question someone asked have you ever ticked um, during a broadcast? And she said that she did one time. And I, so I, we start, I started like looking through her um, account a little more to see what else, you know, what other stuff she would talk about. And she was saying, yeah, like she was saying that um, like when she's like a dancer, I guess, like a ballet or whatever. 
whatever. Yeah. And when she does that, like her tics just completely go away. Yeah. And um, so my fiance was like, is that true? Like it, it just goes away. And I said, yeah, like we talk about that all the time. If you're doing something, if you're focused on something, it's like, it goes away. Yeah. And that's just more proof. Like I, I saw, it seems like everybody, um, you know, that I talk to or that I see once they're focused on something or engaged in something. It, it's So do you remember when you were talking about video games when you were younger? Yeah. And you had that tick. Yeah. That's you were focused. What I've been thinking about is like, I wonder if it's physical things. Like, do you, do you need to be using your hands? Cause like guitar, I don't do it. Uh, but when I used to play video games back in the day, I did, uh, sports, I don't do it. Lifting weights. I don't do it. Running. I don't do it, but those are all physical. I wonder if it has to do with physicality. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, uh, it could also like the way that I, when I think back, it's, it's more of like age for me because even when I played hockey, I would do it, I, yeah. you know, different things with my, like, I would shake my helmet, like, and I, I had like too. a lot of, I had a lot of weird, um, OCD, like certain things that I had to do before, you know, before a game. Yeah. Like, skate around and hit the post a certain amount of time, like just weird shit. Yeah. But like, as I got older, I just kind of didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. And if I play a video game now, I don't do any of that crap. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, if it was just worse when I was that age and that's why it would even overpower um, even focus or mm -hmm. physical activity. Yeah. I don't know. I think undoubtedly it helps. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely helps. But yeah, it, like you said, it, I, now that I think about it, it almost like that tick was associated only with uh, you know, that video games. playing playing that video game. Like I wouldn't yeah. do those ticks otherwise. Yeah. So I must have developed it somehow. There's so much room for exploration with this kind of stuff. I'd I'd be really interested in a med meditation Tourette syndrome control group. Yeah. And have having some people really do it and give it a go because it man, I'm telling you, it helps. At least it helps. Like. I don't, I'm not very, I have, I'm almost asymptomatic with my Tourette's, but uh, it just helps in life. Yeah. I mean, uh, we could run our own study, I bet. If we could get, I mean, I'm sure we could find, you know, 10 people and have half of them do meditation, half of them. Yeah, we probably could. Every week, you know, fill out a questionnaire about, how your ticks are and then I bet if we put them on if we put them on a graph yeah we'll be able to see yeah at least time. uh yeah subjectively i'm sure it wouldn't be you know no one would want to peer review it but we wouldn't get published but we would be Just able two to schmucks yeah yeah so some, i also wanted get to get some talk. funding for it <laughs> maybe from the threat auto group hey man though like, we could actually probably get like Dr. Brazil interested in that. I bet you he has some thoughts on meditation. Yeah. We should get him back I'd, on. I'd want to be, well, I, yeah, we, we have a lot of people we should probably get on. Uh, and Billy Eilish. Yeah. 
I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll reach out to her agent. <laughs> uh, seriously. We'll see. Good luck. Probably not if they listen to this episode. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> they wouldn't. I, I'd probably like direct them to Dr. Brezzo's episode. Who are these guys talking about neurotransmitters when barely college educated? Yeah, well, I mean, barely college educated. I'm not college educated in science, but we could talk about, you know. What was your uh, degree in? My undergrad was law. Hmm. Yeah, it's not, not, not 100% related. Mine is, in deep, mine is in uh, diesel mechanics. Yeah, so. so we're not really qualified to talk about it. Yeah, no. But, but we could talk about diesel mechanics. Or law. And I bet both of those things together. <laughs> Neuroscience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, for real. I do want to speak on... Uh, mindset and Tourette's and a little bit about uh, first of all I wanted to just to make a personal note I think it's pretty easy to fall into the victim mindset I think it's probably the default of most people with Tourette's would you mm -hmm. agree yeah personally I, that's what happened with me when I was you know diagnosed same with me I think most people with like any sort of disability or, or mental health issue problem, I mean, a lot of people say it's not an issue or problem, but like, I think it's probably safe to say it's more of an issue or a problem than, than not. Um, it can be framed yeah. in such a way, you know, where, where you personally think, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I just want to interrupt and, um, I was listening to an interview with uh, hockey player Robin Leonard. You know who he is? He's a goalie mm -hmm. for Vegas Golden Knights. And he was big on uh, mental health because he went through a bunch of addiction issues. Uh, bipolar disorder he ended up being diagnosed with and everything. And he came out and, you know, and he was public with it. And then uh, now when he, he's pretty outspoken about the fact that uh, goalies, other goalies in the league that are just, you know, as good as him or worse in terms of statistics, get more money yeah. than him, get paid more money than him. And, he, and he's putting the stigma, he's, he's you know, he's using uh, stigma to explain that. And a lot of people were really like calling him out for being like you know for whining and uh -huh. basically bitching and what complaining but yeah. and then and then he you know that that's actually further stigma about it and and i right. listened to this interview where he was explaining the stigma part and he said you know like think about and and you know this just from your experiences being a cop or you know a firefighter or, you know a, a paramedic frontline worker all of the things that you see and experience uh, could cause, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, different mental health issues. But if you actually come out and admit to having these things, like, you know, being in, let's say the army or a cop or something, like you could actually 
lose your job for those things because you can't do your job properly. Um, you know, if you have bipolar, not really anymore. Tough, tough anymore for PTSD. Bipolar, I think what, you probably can. Bipolar but. or different things. Like if you come out and say that you have those, it could potentially be looked at negatively. Mm. So as a result, like yeah, know, looked at negatively for sure. So you don't go and seek the help because you don't want to be looked at negatively. Or yeah. might, you know, if you're up for a promotion or something, yeah. you're not going to go and talk about that because you don't want people to look at you like you're, you know, not capable or whatever or struggling and then uh as a result it gets worse and you don't actually get the proper treatment that you should yeah and it's like kind of you know it's a slippery slope and i listened to that and when you when you made that point it, it really did uh resonate with me because it's kind of like how i feel with and, and probably how a lot of people with Tourette's feel it's like you don't want to like we talk about owning it and talking about it but then at the same time if you do that you are kind of putting yourself out there and there is a chance that people might look at you uh, like there, there might be some stigma to it or they might look at you in a, oh, for in a sure. negative way. Yeah. Right. And so it is like, there is like a really hard, so that's why like going back to what you started with about um, you know, the mindset and getting down on yourself when you find out about it, it's because, you know, you feel like, who can I talk to? and like what what if i say this to somebody what are they going to think about me and that's real yeah. that stigma is real 100 percent. yeah i i often forget how real it is until i meet mm -hmm. somebody with a negative outlook on it or a, a very a heavily stigmatized outlook on it i go like oh yeah this it is still real because everyone in my life accepts it completely obviously and yeah. it's not even a factor in my life but then you know, like I told that story a couple months ago about the about the psychologist or whatever it was, examiner that I saw, who just like saw this video on TikTok of a guy swearing. And that was like his his view on Tourette's. And I was just like, damn. Yeah. I, you know, it's uh, so elementary, the the outlook that some people have on that kind and, of stuff. And, but that's, yeah, and that's, but that's the same with, you know, all these other mental health issues too. Like if you don't have it or you don't like live through it or even have a family member, like you don't know what it's actually like. You just think you don't, but you can definitely have empathy for it. And I think it's a certain yeah. type of person, oh, yeah, a certain absolutely. type of person attaches stigma to things and doesn't critically think through uh, things to the point where they can just splurt stigma out and and it's okay like for instance if somebody has Tourette's and they say you know it's it's part ignorance and then part just like it's a certain type of person who who would come out and willingly talk about something that they know absolutely nothing about right i mean yeah like i kind of um if i you know if i'm thinking about it i kind of put it on the same level as like you know having kids or something like if you are a boss let's say you're a you're high up at work, you're a manager or something, and you don't have kids, but then some of your employees do and, and they need like certain accommodation, like time off um, to take care of their kids or their kids yeah. sick and this and that. Like you'll get really annoyed. Like you wouldn't, I don't, I think it would be harder for you to be empathetic to that 
that's a good versus point. if if you have kids and you know like you've had to be through all, you've had to go through all that like you understand if they like what's going on you say yeah like i know i had kids like i get it this happens you know uh and it's the same as like you know if someone has depression and they can't get out of bed for two weeks if you're a boss uh manager and and your wife has had depression or your you know your mom or like someone you know has had depression like you get it makes it easier to empathize but i will just say i guess there's two ways of looking at it it's like okay you can look at it that way for sure and you can like definitely be a little so I'm talking about the way of, of being a little bit skeptical of it say or like not knowing and and not being able to empathize perfectly or your default could be to to empathize and then investigate further and like that that's kind of where where i'm at it's like i can't i don't have the time or the wherewithal to know everything about every single condition do you know what neurodiversity is no neurodiversity we we are a part of it so any anything where the brain doesn't work 100 percent right so neurodiversity can be true syndrome adhd anxiety de depression so all everybody all, that, that 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 means like I a clinical like diagnosis of the brain being outside of the norm Okay. is basically what, what it means so it's almost it's like basically everybody is probably on like the spectrum but there is a clinical diagnosable line to, probably to all like these a curve conditions. right there's like a curve and yeah and uh, the most people that are a certain way yeah so someone brought this term up to me the other day and i had no idea what it meant not a clue and my default was like you know all right yeah 100 neurodiversity like cool and and that's kind yeah. of where it probably helps that I have Tourette's because I'm a little bit more empathetic to all these conditions. But I think, you know, like my fiance is a good example. Her 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 default is is that as well. Like, you know, it's not your place to make judgments and assumptions on other people's conditions because you have no experience yeah, with them. Absolutely. Hey, I agree with you. And it's, you know, it's the same, like my fiance, like being a nurse, like she's the same, you know, when people say, you know, say that something's wrong, like she helps with it whether it's, it is or not objective yeah. subjective, whatever yeah. but i do think that a lot of people like if you ever had an experience um where somebody like let's say someone at your work like calls in sick and it means that somebody else has to pick up shift or something like yeah. that yeah. and uh they get annoyed right yeah. let's say but let's yeah. because it happens once a week Right. So then these people get really mm. like, oh, they're not, you know, it's every Friday they do this, like blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Right. Like they just want a long weekend. But meanwhile, maybe that's like, you know, that's not it at all. Maybe after four days of working, they literally can't move because they're like in so much pain or something. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like that's just their experience. Yeah. And you don't know their experience or yeah. that person complaining, but like because they're being affected by it negatively then they like are you know assuming what's going on or, or kind of like you know whining about it it's just about somebody else's experience without actually knowing what it is so what i and, would say sorry go ahead continue well in high school we had a teacher who taught us it was a psychology class and, and he actually taught us about that like you know somebody somebody walking into class late um every day you might think like that they're just lazy or they slept in or whatever, but meanwhile, they could have been, uh, you know, up at 5am because they have to take care. They have to 
take care of their mom and uh, then drive to the nursing home and take care of their grandma and then drive back and you know take care of their little brother and bring him to school really and then come cool to class for them to say you know what i mean like there's a million uh, things that this person could be doing before or they getting have serious there. adhd and five minutes late is actually yeah. like super early in, in their schedule <laughs> Right. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, or yeah. And that's like the, that's on time for them because they had to do a million other things. Yeah. 100%. Like, it's like everybody experiences it like before. And so the point was before everybody walked into this classroom, they were doing something else. Yeah. Right. Like everybody, like, we're, yeah, we're all kind of uni- like you and me, we're united right here in this podcast talking about this stuff. But before this, we were doing our own stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, we have our own experiences with everything. Right. Yeah. So I, I will, I agree with you and I agree with what your professor said or your, your college or your high school teacher said, but I will say that this kind of brings me back to my other point, my other piece of this, which was, so you we were talking about the stigma thing. If you don't want stigma to happen, you pretty much have one choice. And it's to just talk about it. And like, so I'm talking about at a personal level. So I'm not talking about fighting against stigma broadly. I'm talking about, say you miss, so we'll use your example earlier. Every Friday you miss work because you're in an an inordinate amount of pain or your OCD gets really, really bad on Fridays because the weekend is coming up and the weekend is never organized or whatever. I think at a personal level, the best thing you can do as the employee, as the coworker, as the boss, or as the subordinate is to be proactive and let people know. Don't expect people to understand mm-hmm. something when they don't have the knowledge. You can't expect people to know exactly what's going on or to understand or to even be empathetic if they think you're just calling in sick because you want to party. Yeah. Right. Like you can't, you can't expect that out of people. It's not right to, and you, like, it's not reasonable either, because if, if they're like, Hey, he's getting paid the same thing as me and he's working eight less hours a week. What the hell, what's going on? This is not fair. And it's in it, the, in that, if you just look at it like that, it's not fair until you realize, okay, well, this person has OCD. And so while I think that people should definitely not stigmatize, I also think that people who don't want to be stigmatized against should come out and talk to the people with objectiveness and clarity in their speech and not accuse and not uh, beg for endless empathy. Just be matter of fact about it. Like what I would do in, in, in that example is say, hey, I have obsessive compulsive disorder. Every single Friday, my obsessive compulsive disorder gets to the point where I have to turn on and off the light 250 times. And so because I'm doing that, it's very hard for me to also work. So I have to take the special leave and here's my doctor's note and it was approved by my psych and, and here's the, the agreement I made with the manager, you know, I'm going to work extra yeah. hard. So how, you know? so how far does that go? I would think something like that, you know, I would take to a uh, boss, but not necessarily share it with all of my coworkers. Like I wouldn't need, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like uh, I would have to go around and show everybody my OCD like can no but I'm saying if you don't like them stigmatizing it like about you and so in this in this hypothetical situation and being stigmatized people are talking about the person and it's talking negatively about the person like ultimately uh that yeah I mean it, it could be on the like HR or something to deal with it in a certain way but also like uh this is the whole point is like 
everybody has different shit going on and it shouldn't it should just be like i get what you're saying like you should be upfront about it talk about it because then otherwise people will assume uh different things about what's going on yeah but like at the same time it nobody should because like if someone's coming in late every single day uh you know 10 minutes late every single day and uh yeah you're always gonna wonder but like at the same time who gives a shit like why does it matter to you i get yeah. what you're saying about they you know they sure. paid the same and work more, more exactly whatever. there's but two it sides doesn't change, it doesn't affect you at all not one bit unless you're absorbing the work and if you are absorbing the work then that's when you would go and talk to the boss and say hey like yeah uh, I'm, I'm absorbing the work can i get a little bit more money or you know can i but like outside of workplace say Say this is occurring somewhere else. I won't give a 100% specific example, but this example could be extrapolated in a lot of different ways. And I just think from a literal individual level, I'm not talking about from an organizational structure. I'm talking about an individual level, your interpersonal relationships with other people. The best thing you can do in that situation is to just open the floor for conversation. Like Mm -hmm. take out the HR person, take out the boss, the manager. if, if two yeah, people like, are say buddy, you're late, you're late every time you go to meet your buddy for coffee. Yeah. Like, or, or, like you know, or something. something, something on a bus or something in a, you know, a public, you know, anyway, so, some, something somewhere where, um, in almost all situations, the onus can, can fall onto you and it, the best thing for you that you can do that you can actually control mm-hmm. in that sphere is probably just to open the floor. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's all. That's all I'm trying to to say. Because a hundred percent, like people shouldn't yeah. be stig- people shouldn't stigmatize. I know that one hundred percent, but people do. Even if it's something like uh, where you're in, you find yourself in a situation, you know, where you're really frust, you know, really frustrated with yourself, or your ticks are, you know, really bad for a certain reason. Yeah. Like, and it's upsetting you or, you know, whatever you're acting a certain way. Like, yeah. like I was last night, uh, trying to set up. We should the, share that story. Trying to set up with it. <laughs> yeah. I was, it was, I was already like having a pretty rough, uh, day with things and, uh, you know, just having a cold and, uh, the baby having a cold. So everyone's tired. Like, and then it's a stressful day at work made me very ir- irritable yeah. a little bit more OCD than normal. And like, I already talked about how for some reason, like, you know, I like Bluetooth and microphones and stuff like not when stuff doesn't work the way that it's supposed to work easily. Like when I always, it always works and then it doesn't, yeah. uh, it, it drives me nuts. And then last night when we were trying to set so up, podcast, it was getting to me, it just drove me nuts. And it wasn't even that much like it was. So it's like a combination of I have this issue where uh, punctuality, like always got to be on time. Now, even if it's like, you know, yesterday, what it was like, you know, five minutes in, I was already losing it because it wasn't working. I don't usually get that way. I don't usually uh, if it was just me trying to work on it, I could work on it all night long and not worry. There's a bunch of factors. But but also because it's like someone else's time. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm wasting someone else's time because of my own struggles, it, yeah. it, it perpetuates it. It makes it worse. And then I get more anxious and more stressed because I feel like this person's getting annoyed. You know, it's like a, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's I was so annoyed. Like, I just had to give up. I said, you know, we, like, I just, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't focus on it. It was really frustrating, man. Like, I so basically know. what happened was, was your Bluetooth headphones weren't connecting or they were connecting, but your, your speaker, your microphone wasn't working. And basically what was happening yeah. is you could never hear me while your microphone was plugged in. Yeah. And well, it, was, it was because these headphones, when I plugged them in, took over for the mic. And then when I took them out, I didn't have these ones home because I left them at work. It doesn't make tonight, any sense, by the way. Tonight when we set it up, as soon as I turn on my computer and grab these, connected and we're good to go. No problem. I'm still dumbfounded. I lost sleep over it last night, man. I didn't. I did. And I <laughs> that's what that's what I mean. Everyone's experience with how much sleep is, how much sleep did I get? <laughs> did you lose? Oh, I don't know. I can tell you how much I got, and it wasn't much. How much did you get? I was up every two hours, but not necessarily only because of this, but just a baby too, but right. Um, probably total of three or four hours last night. So, oh man, that's terrible. That's a four coffee day right there. Yeah. Well, I'm sick too. It's just, it's just a whole. You sound a little better than yesterday. Oh, do I? Thanks. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm getting better. Yeah, it's That's just, good. you know, sometimes, sometimes these things happen and like, it's, uh, you know, it can be the most trivial, <laughs> trivial, like who cares? Yeah. You know, but it just, out of all of the shit that happened yesterday, uh, you know, some serious things, you know, at work, like some not so serious things. And then the one that just like triggers the, <laughs> triggers it is like a, a thing with a microphone. You know? I hope you're okay if I laugh at it because it was pretty funny ultimately. No, I am. I'm okay with it. But I did like, yeah. I, but it was something that uh, after the fact, you know, I really thought a lot about it. Like I reflected yeah. on a lot. It, and as yeah. stupid as it sounds, because it's like, it's not a big deal, but it was it an is event a big that, deal for sure. Well, it's different. It's something out of character for me. And so I was reflecting on why it happened. And it's one of those times where what I should have done is just, uh, just like taking breaths and just calm yeah. down and like just reorganize. Probably a lot of it was the other person's time thing because I was waiting on you that's, and that was that's stressful because that is so stressful when that happens. Because as soon as you I, left, I could yeah. I sat here and screwed around with it and I got it to work. I hate wasting other people's time. Yeah. The, the stress associated with that to me um make yeah it makes everything makes it worse and then you start fumbling right and then you're like yeah actually trying to figure out what's going on you're just like clicking on things yeah yeah trying to make yourself look busy <laughs> yeah it's so it's so true around though. really fast walking yeah. around the office really fast and people think you're busy i remember i used to be very 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 bad at, at um practical tests like i was always very good at all the practice for that, like I would ace the practice. So the, the example I'm thinking of was a weapons handling test. The first time I ever took a weapons handling test and I was using a C7 assault rifle and I was like 
super competent with it and confident with it in training. And then when it came to the test and there was two eyes on me, I was super nervous and I actually failed the first time. Yeah. And, um, but then I, I incorporated some of the breathing stuff. So before the test, I took like three deep breaths as I was starting the test. I added some time onto my time, but I took a couple of deep breaths and man, did that ever help. And just like the, I don't know how yeah. I haven't realized this earlier in my life, but breathing and meditation, especially as it pertains to Tourette syndrome is fucking paramount. Yeah. Like it's crazy how performance anxiety can really like, uh, and I don't know if it's more for, uh, us like with threats or if that's just a separate thing, but I know that like sometimes I can really get that, uh, you know, not with like public speaking or when I'm using AK 47s or whatever you're using. Solving <laughs> goals, I'm fine with that. But when, yeah. <laughs> but when I have to like, when I have to like, uh, show someone on a computer how to like where to click or like, <laughs> you know, to, it gets, it gets really, you know what I mean? Like you start to fumble on, on stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. But assault rifles mm. are fine. You're bringing, you're bringing up the, my dinner here. Holy smokes. That was funny. But, but no, but yeah, it's true. Yeah, It's like when you're, when you're doing something in front of somebody or like you want to do it quick, like you make the dumbest mistakes. Hey, you play guitar in front of people much? Yeah, that is different for me. Like, cause it's just so uh, natural, I guess at this point. Oh, okay. So I'm not at that point yet. I haven't been, I've been playing for a year now and like, mm -hmm. I know quite a few songs and I know them well, but I haven't played in front of people enough to the point where I can like ace a song in front of people. Cause I'd say I'm at like, say I'm at 80% of the, of like hitting all the notes or 90% of hitting all the notes when I'm by myself, I'm at mm -hmm. like a 60 or a 70 when I'm, well, no, well, maybe part, not quite that low. The but. best part about guitar is that um, the more you do play in front of people, it's not necessarily like uh, about hitting more of the notes properly. It's about when you don't hit the notes that you just play it off as if that's like what yeah. you need to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? That And that like you can just kind of riff like that. And yeah, because when you, to the ear, it's much harder to hear to somebody who doesn't know exactly what the song sounds like. Yeah, and when you're like confident in it, and like yeah. people, you can like just keep going and they wouldn't even know that's a good point yeah. all right brother i gotta uh, i gotta return to my uh, to my night and um so i think we'll call it there does that work for you yeah that's good okay awesome another great episode of the books we hope you enjoyed the show if you enjoyed the podcast remember to share it we have merchandise available in the form of t-shirts with lots planned for the future. You can head to Tourette.ca or Tourette.org to find your local chapter in the Canada or the United States. And you can email us at tiktokpodcast at gmail.com if you have any topics, comments, or questions for us to discuss. Thanks for listening.